episode of the Culture Pop Podcast, director Boz Lerman actually heckled lead actor Austin Butler during a key scene from Elvis. Also, Britney Spears still in court with her father over this ongoing legal dispute. And Joe Manganiello joins us. His new show is Moonhaven on AMC+. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the Culture Pop Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or at stevemason.com. And don't forget, leave us a rating and a review. The Culture Pop Podcast is brought to you by the law offices of Jacob Imrani. Accident or injury, call Jacob Imrani, call Jacob. Hey, it's Mace. If you or a friend or loved one is injured in an accident, the first person you should call is my friend Jacob. When I did this, Jacob was great. He helped me by talking through the next steps, which really put my mind at ease. When you're injured in an accident, you got to have an expert. That's why you call Jacob, just like I did. Call Jacob, 844-24-JACOB. That's 844-24-JACOB. Or visit calljacob.com. Call Jacob. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Culture Pop Podcast. I'm Steve Mason along with Sue Kalinske. Sue, I think my lighting's bad today, and we've got a very handsome guest coming on. There is no way I can possibly compete. No, there's no way, even with good lighting. (laughs) (laughs) Joe Manganiello is going to be here. He's got the new series uh, Moonhaven on AMC+, and he's going to be on one of my favorite shows, Mythic Quest, coming up this fall. Uh, That's coming up for you. Sue, what what do you got going over there? Well, I, you know, I read something kind of interesting about um, Austin Butler. Um, he yeah. revealed that Baz Luhrmann, the director of Elvis, heckled him and made him cry while filming, um, while filming the movie. You know that scene. Film the movie Elvis. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know that scene where he's singing in front of that. Uh, theater for the first time and doing all his movements. Yeah, and- yeah. The very the very first time when they weren't sure if he was any good and the girls exactly. weren't screaming yet. Right. So um, Baz Luhrmann like heckled him because he wanted to make him feel as bad as he can possibly feel as Elvis with the crowd rejecting him. And I thought that that was really, really interesting that he did that to him. I... I fucking hate that. It's called acting. You don't need to be like if as I if I remember that scene right. So here he is. He's performing for the very first time. He's got that baggy suit. He's got hips going everywhere. All that mm-hmm. stuff. People are throwing f- vegetables and stuff at him. Fruits right. Like 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 he's a like like he's a shitty comic. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and then this guy is messing with him on top of everything else. I I I don't like that methody stuff. It's it's called. It's like Lawrence Olivier once said. It's called acting, my boy. He said that to Dustin Hoffman while they were making uh, Marathon Man. It's called acting. Well, you know, I, I apparently uh, Leonardo DiCaprio had had you know tipped off Butler, right? Because he, he made with him on Gatsby, Romeo and, yeah. and and he worked with him on Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet, sure. And he said that he has a tendency to do these things, so he kind of you know gave him a heads up about it. And I don't, I don't have a huge problem with that. Because I think that there are times, I'm sure, as as a director, where you maybe want to surprise an actor, right? And and just see how they react to it. Like, and and I actually want to talk to Joe about this because yeah, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm I'm curious if if he's ever been in a position where that has happened to him and, and how he felt about it. If, well, you know, if who was, was famous for this was Hitchcock, right? 
Yes. He, would t- he totally fuck with all his actors, especially the, uh, the, the, women. the blondes. He, yes. he definitely uh, messed with the blondes and got in their heads and tried to twist them around. And I just think just, you know, it's, it's acting. You don't have to completely mind fuck somebody. Yeah, but I, but I, and I'm trying to think who we talked. I think to. I just broke the record for f words I've said on the show. There's something, <laughs> there's something going on this morning. What are you drinking? It's just the herbal tea. I don't know what's it's giving F-bomb. me this. It's f bomb tea. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to think who it was. Um, I don't remember who it was that we interviewed, but I remember asking them if they were ever on set and. Uh, they were surprised and not necessarily from the director, but maybe, maybe it came through the director talking to um, a co-star of theirs to do something um, that was unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. To see how they would react. And I think it's, it's probably more in, in horror films maybe that they may do something like that because like when you know that, it's not really a zombie, you know what I mean? Like, right. you know, and of course it's acting. Yes. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm curious. So we'll, we'll talk to Joe about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's interesting. And I also think, uh, that I, I don't want to say there's no surprise in acting because I think actors surprise each other mm-hmm. all the time in their performances. I just don't like the director yanking everybody's chain. Right. Well, actually, you know, years and years ago, I was doing stand up at the improv it w- in, in LA. It was very early in my career. And, um, Tim Hutton and a couple of his buddies, when they were, you know, pretty young actors, yeah. were sitting up in like the back of the room. And Tim Hutton was heckling me. Timothy Hutton was heckling yes. you? And Academy like, Award winner for ordinary people heckling no, this was, you? This was before that. And I'm like, seriously, Timothy Hutton? Like, you don't have anything better to do than heckle a comedian. It's like, give me. And it was like late at night. There weren't a lot of people in the audience. And it was kind of like a, it was not the ideal situation for a comic, especially like a young comic like me. Right. And it was like, you douchebag, you know? Well, you know, really? this, you know what this reminds me This is a totally random story, but this reminds me of a story. I was doing a yoga class one time, big crowded yoga class. And it was, there were, there were a number of well-known people in there. And the teacher said, uh, can somebody help me and demonstrate uh, this this pose right now? And who raises her hand? Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt is the person that goes up to the front of the class and demonstrates her pose. <laughs> and I'm like, don't you get enough attention? Do you really have to be the person that gets the standing, ovo- <laughs> a, a standing ovation at yoga class on top of everything else? Yeah, I know. Well... There you go. Narcissism. If you're a performer, I guess you're a performer. Yeah. So speaking of a performer. So what the hell is going on with Britney Spears still in court over this conservatorship? Conservatorship. Yes. Yeah. Conservatorship. It's like, isn't this over? Wasn't she already in court with her father? Like, how long does this go on? Like, is she going to be like 80 years old and her hundred and change father is going to be still hanging on to this? It really is dragging on. Now, isn't she out of the conservatorship? I I thought thought they freed Britney. Well, that was it. It was free, free Britney. And there were all these people like outside the courtroom and people cheering for her. And I thought she won. So now she's remarried. Right. I saw she, she got remarried. So it's like, 
what is going on with this guy? And what's going on with 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 the courts? Yeah, that they're just not like letting this go. Well, it's a it's a it's a good question. I don't know the details of this particular incident in the courtroom, but I'll say this, and I've I've been saying this all along. I think ending the conservatorship is going to ruin Brittany. I just wonder if she shouldn't be in a conservatorship. Like for life? <laughs> well, for <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> don't you don't you think some people are kind of self-destructive and they need somebody to watch over them? I mean, she's kind of demonstrated that she's she can be a little self-destructive. Well, but okay, but when you think about it, he's had <laughs> this hold over her like for most of her life. <laughs> yeah. And she's and if she's still a wacko, then maybe he's not the right person <laughs> well, to be you, looking over her. Have you seen her kooky Instagram uh posts where she spins around really fast and is that recent? Oh <laughs> she's she's like a Instagram dance person, yeah. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm telling you. The well, day then will you need, come. Well, well, I don't know. Then you need maybe Instagram police. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, there's some goofy stuff. Uh, well, I, I wish her well. I hope it works out outside the conservatorship. But I have my doubts. I have my doubts. Yeah. So. Am I supposed to say that or is that like anti? Is that politically incorrect? No, it's not. It's what you think. I don't That's know. what I think. Exactly. That's so, uh, all right, here we go. Our guest today. Landed his breakout role in the vampire thriller True Blood on HBO. Since then, he started movies like What to Expect When You're Expecting, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, and of course, the Magic Mike series. His latest project is Moonhaven. It is streaming on AMC+. Joe Manganiello joins us. Joe, thank you so much for doing this. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. So you've got this project now going on. It's called Moonhaven. It's streaming on AMC+. This is this is an ambitious TV project. I mean, it's a big sort of sprawling story colonizing the moon. Earth is not. What What was it about this project that made you say, yeah, that's I want in? Uh, I like the character a lot. I thought the character was really uh, weird, to, for, for lack of a better word. Like one of the weirdest characters I've read in a long time. And I just saw a lot of potential for where I could take the character. Did you see you in that character or what part of you did you see in that character? I think it was the parts of me that I would never get to live out during my lifetime hmm. uh, to see, um, you know, like, and, and not that, not that that's it, but like, not that that this is the character per se, but like, you know, to, um, like destabilize mm -hmm. an entire country, um, to become like, or at least like strive to become a military dictator. I don't know. I mean, these are, yeah. <laughs> these are you can't really do, I can't really do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah, you, you can maybe. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you try hard enough, you know, it's, I, I, I watch the, you know, shows like this that are you know futuristic and I always wonder, like, everything always seems very culty in the future. Um, and, and there is a, a, a darkness and it's, it's kind of a contradiction because there's a darkness yet 
the land of living on the moon seems very like hippie-ish and everybody's singing and, you know, they're, 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 they're musically inclined, but it does seem culty. Is, <laughs> do, do, you, do you see that? Do you see the future as something like this? Well, I see this show, or at least the moon, the hippie colony that you're talking about is a utopia or an attempted utopia. So now if you look at that in terms of the history of the human race, not so long ago, I mean, geez, like 120 years ago, Russia went through this really, um, um, you know, they, they, they went through a, a, an overthrow of the ruling class and these utopians who took over had no idea what to do. So their movement, their emotional movement that led to the overthrow um, of the government, then they kind of looked at each other and, and nobody knew what to do. And then their revolution, their utopia was co-opted by somebody who did know what to do. And it led to lots of problems for mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I think we're not far, that far removed from that. And I think that anytime you get into an attempted utopia, you're going to get into cynicism. Um, and, and I think that you are going to get into what is at the base of, of human nature. You know, what are we? Are we these noble, loving, forgiving creatures? Or are we just one degree different from a chimpanzee who's going to rip your arms off and beat you with it? And you know what I mean? Like we're somewhere in the middle. I, I really do believe. Um, and, I, and so if you're asking me, did I notice all of that stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, um, I think, you know, I, I thought a lot about the Russian revolution when I thought about my character. Hmm. And I, so. Hmm. so we're talking about sci-fi. What's your, uh, what's your favorite sci-fi movie? Favorite sci-fi. I mean, I think you have to go empire strikes back. Nice. With sci I mean, sci straight sci-fi for sure. Empire Strikes Back's the best. Yeah. So you're going to be on one of my favorite shows this fall. You join the cast of Mythic Quest, and uh, this is such funny stuff. Um, Rob McElhaney's great on that show. So funny. Uh, now, I think of you as sort of this leading, classic leading man. And here you are joining an ensemble cast for a really funny workplace comedy. What's it like being the new guy on the set? Um, well, I'll start with the, the first part of, of what you said, um, you know, you, you, where you think, you know, you think of me a certain way. And um, I guess there's still a lot of people who think about me from, you know, the Magic Mike movies and com the comedy. You know, those were comedies. Um, those are buddy, buddy comedies. Right. And, um, when you think about like Pee Wee Herman, you know, or Pee Wee's Big Holiday, that's kind of like, a, you know, there, that's it's another comedy or, or How I Met Your Mother which I was on for many years, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky that, that I get to keep bouncing back and doing some comedy in between everything else that I've been doing lately. Um, but, um, but it was really great. I mean, David Hornsby who writes for the show and, um, stars in the show, he and I went to Carnegie Mellon together to drama school together. So we've known each other a long time. He's a very funny guy. Um, I did a movie, an independent film with Glenn Howarden, uh, a couple years ago, we became friends and then he invited me to do his show AP bio. And, um, you know, I know Dan and Dave who know Rob 
and the fel- and the folks from um, it's always sunny. So I'm actually like interestingly like very embedded in that group, but not maybe to the naked eye, you know. Um, but um, but it was great. I was supposed to be on. I actually shot an episode for season one, but it was canceled because of the pandemic. Mm. We um, couldn't film with big crowds, so we had they had to throw the episode away. But but actually, I shot an episode for season one. So this is actually um, the first chance, I guess, that they had to bring me back for now for episode three. So, you know, it was meant to be for season one, but now it's for season three. And I'm glad because it's even funnier and it's even better. And the stuff that I get to do is like even like, I mean, it's great. Like, I'm super excited about it all. So I want to ask you a question. Steve and I were talking uh, in the open about um, Austin um, Butler uh, revealed that while he was filming Elvis, uh, there's a scene in the movie. I don't know if you've seen the movie yet, but there's a scene in the in the film where um, he Elvis is singing for the first time in front of a big crowd, kind of to test if he really has the goods. And Lerman heckled him while he was shooting the scene, and he made him cry. And um, you know, we were discussing. You know, is that a cool thing to do as an actor? Have you ever had a situation where a director did something that you didn't expect? Um, and did it throw you? Did it piss you off? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. I think as an actor, um, you have to really be protective of your performance in a lot of ways. Um, you have to be the judge. You have to be the gauge. Um but yeah, I've I've been in situations absolutely where um, I thought I thought um, I thought the next logical step would be to hit the director. <laughs> huh? Interesting. I guess Lerman Lerman said that the reason why he did it was because he wanted Butler to feel deeply what it felt like to not be accepted as the character of Elvis, but as an actor, I guess you just do that on your own. Right. right. I mean, that's acting, right? Um, yeah. I mean, sometimes actors need, you know, look, I mean, on certain days you're ready to go. Maybe another day you're not, you know, um, maybe, you know, maybe he wasn't all there that day in performance and Boz really felt like he needed to pull it out of him. I mean, I'm going to say that like, I also come from what I, what I think people would consider the old school, which is when you get to drama school, you were the, you were the big shot or at whatever high school you were at with their theater department, you were there, you know, their big star and CMU really wanted you to understand that you were nothing. No one was excited for you to be here at, at the school. You walk wrong. You talk funny. Hmm. You need to lose weight you know, in certain cases, and they would just say it, they would, they would make women get up on top of, you know, boxes and, and, and they would critique them. And, men, you know, I would, I would, men, you know, you need to lose this amount of weight. You need to get into shape. You need to do this. You need to do that. You know? So yeah, there was a lot of like, I saw a lot of that crying and screaming and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I also come from football, so nobody's going to scream at you harder than those coaches or, you know, your dad, if you had a sports dad, like it's just, so I don't know. I mean, I I think it's funny when people try to manipulate people who are manipulators for a living. Yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, so that kind of like pseudo Machiavellian kind of thing, like I, I kind of spot that right away and go, okay, and now I get in my head. Now I'm like, oh, they're trying to do this to me. Okay, now I'm supposed to behave like that. Okay, but I could have done that myself. And so, you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I guess act, every, what I'm trying to say is every actor is different. Every director is different. Every combination is different. And sometimes it's exactly what you need. And other times it's like, all you had to do was ask. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, well, like I would think, you know, because, you know, I've I've acted in my life and, you know, getting a line reading sometimes would make me feel very insecure. You know, it's like, oh, so you think maybe I'm not really good at what I'm doing. So the line reading thing, yeah, you. I mean, that's tough. You know, I mean, you have to block yourself off from that. You know, you have to learn how to do that. You also have to know when a director's asking you to do something that would ruin your character, you know, without being a pain in the ass. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, yeah. You have to come from a place of character, not from a place of ego. And I think that that's hard for a lot of actors. So, uh, last thing for you here: my family's from Altoona, Pennsylvania, not far from uh, from Pittsburgh, which I think is like one of the most underrated cities in America. Absolutely love Pittsburgh. Um, I, I'm curious. First of all. What is it about Pittsburgh, the charm of Pittsburgh? And then, how did you get rid of? I'm assuming you might have had some sort of Pittsburgh accent. Like I can sometimes pick up what a yin's doing down at the mall. You know, I I kind of have that accent a little bit that comes out. Do you? Um, my parents were from Boston, so if anything, I'll slip into Boston easy. Yeah. You know, if I'm in, if I'm in Boston or <clears throat> talking to somebody from Boston, I'll immediately go into it. Um, but that's because that's what I heard as a kid growing up in my house. So right. I didn't grow up in a, in a part of Pittsburgh where the Pittsburgh dialect was very strong. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't that type of neighborhood. So, um, but I know what it is and I, I can do it for sure. You know, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear, but, but most of my, um, yeah, like I said, my upbringing, one of my first words was ka. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> um, are you a Steelers fan? Yeah, man. Die hard. That's crazy. What, yeah. what are your uh, expectations for this year? I don't have any expectations this year, man. I mean, it's, um, first, first year in a long time, we're going to have a new quarterback. Yep. You know, we we spent a lot of money on the defense, um, and um, and I think we have some really some real talent on offense. So it's can the offensive line protect that young talent? Can we stop the run? Um, you know, can we have strong linebacker play? Do we have a strong number one cornerback? Um, all these things we're going to find these out. Yeah. Real soon. Yeah, we'll not be long. We're about six weeks away from the start of the season. Hey, uh, listen, Joe, thank you very much for coming on. We really appreciate that. Moonhaven is on AMC Plus, is streaming now. It is a six-episode series I strongly recommend. And on top of that, Mythic Quest in the fall. Look forward to seeing you there. Joe, we really appreciate your time. Thanks, man. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, So there's, uh, there's Joe. Actually, I feel more secure in my appearance now. Um, I, he may have been having an off day, or, or I may have an, uh, a good day. Uh, what whoa, do you whoa, think? Wait, wait, wait! He was having an off day. 
<laughs> oh my god you need new contact lenses <laughs> i don't think he can have an off day <laughs> uh, <laughs> the one thing i'll say about moonhaven is yeah. that it's once you get through the the setup like that first episode is challenging then once you get through the setup, you can actually get to the story. But you've got to be normalized to this idea that there's people living on the moon and they're in some sort of hippie commune. And then they're going to be coming down to Earth and they're going to teach. By the way, it's such a faulty plan. This is just my opinion. <laughs> such a faulty plan. So you've got and I, it's it's destined to go wrong. So you've got this whole generation, three generations of people live on the moon. They've got this hippie commune thing where all they do is sing and dance and hold hands and do merry-go-rounds and all this kinds of stuff. And then they're going to send the first wave of people to Earth to somehow get us to get our ass act together. Um, I just don't think there's a way that that plan works. Well, they're like... um not Moonies. What? Who are the the group that always hangs out in the airport? Um, uh, yeah, they're they're Moonies, aren't they? No, they're not Moonies. Oh, they hand God. you a book, a little book, and they're well, that's what it. You know, they dress. You know, in colorful clothing. You know, um, you know what? You know what? It's always fascinating to me is when when there's a futuristic show. It's like what things from the past, um, the contemporary world, make the cut. Like they played. A Elvis Presley, they played a suspicious mind. Yeah. Yeah. They played a version of that. And then like the furniture. Like I was exp- like, because they're on this spaceship, right? Right. Yet you go into the homes and some of the furniture kind of looked like like today. You know, it's like <laughs> right. all these like just a regular coffee table. Reg- regular coffee table. <laughs> and then again, they have a spaceship. And then when they were they were taking the the pilot from one area to the other, they were on this kind of like bicycle, like a rickshaw ish kind of with shit. Like there was like a little <laughs> yeah. rumble seat in the back, yeah. but it was like yeah. a pedaled bicycle. <laughs> sure, sure. And it was like, why that? Well, I was expecting why, them to be why, on. Something. Why two thousand yard two thousand years in the future are they on a bike in on a, a rickshaw situation? Not even on an electric bike. <laughs> I would think that they would have been hovering above the ground in some <laughs> yeah, like right. weird little a hoverboard, like a, a or, hoverboard or like some weird, you know, electric cycle. What happened or to Back to the Future and all those <laughs> things? So it's very interesting when they do stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. Was I don't know whether it's to keep some sort of grounding sense of uh, you know, and I don't even know. I don't even know how many years in the future. I think it was. Was it? I, I don't years? think it was ever I think said. It's I think it was maybe thousands. hundred. I don't think so. I think it was maybe like a hundred years in in the future, but uh, everything is going to be a cult in like a spa. That's what it. Kind of, <laughs> it's like yeah, it the mooners, like the people that live at the, on the moon, are kind of spa people. They they really, I, I you know, I was they waiting are. for someone to be getting a massage and <laughs> exactly like getting read the riot act or something. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, there's Joe and there's the show, which is Moonhaven on AMC Plus. Really, really fascinating show. And uh, Mythic Quest is super funny. That's coming up, too. Uh, there you have it. There's your Culture Pop Podcast. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the Culture Pop Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or at stevemason.com. Uh, please leave us a rating and a review. Sue, thanks a lot. And we will see everybody next time on the Culture Pop Podcast. Culture Pop.